learning about movies. Learning about movies. Learning about movies. All right, I'm hosting. Uh, hey, everybody, what's going on? This is the very first episode of Syndication. I really hated how I started that, <laughs> but I'm sticking with it. Uh, so this is, uh, this is a podcast um, with three boring white cis dudes. Yeah. That's who we are. I'm Tyler Young, and uh, I invaded uh, Devin's house. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on? This is Devin. And uh, all the way from London, we have uh, the other guy, Matt. Hello. What's up, other guy? Should I fake a British accent for this entire thing? I think you should. Only if you think it'll be offensive. <laughs> I'm sure they would love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, they make fun of you all the time at, at Bloomberg, right? Uh, they do indeed. Well, they don't like make fun of me. They like to make fun of Americans in general. And I'm, I'm sort of supposed to answer for Americans in general. I guess that makes sense. You speak for all of us, yeah. actually. Yeah, they were asking yeah, me about guns now. the other day. That got interesting. <laughs> it, like, we we are uh, an acceptable target nowadays. Like if I were there <laughs> and they were making fun of America, I'd just be nodding like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so this is syndication. This is a this is a show that we created. Uh, number one, so we can keep in contact with each other because Matt just left us. Um, normally when people leave, I just assume they're dead and I never think about them again. And sure. so it's, uh, yeah, I think that's <laughs> yeah. a logical conclusion. That's well, fair. Most people do that, right? I'm not weird. Right. It's no. too, it's too silent. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and number two, uh, because we, we've done this a lot. We start talking about movies and we, we have such huge gaps in our movie knowledge. The three of us, uh, but I feel like it would be cool to, you know, we want to do a podcast and not do the same thing that everybody else is doing, which is like a bad movie podcast or a brand new movie podcast. This is a filling in the gap movie podcast so we can get closer to being cinephiles. We can actually know what we're talking about when we're talking about new movies because, you know, they most of the time someone's ripping off somebody else, you know, like yeah. new movies are taking inspiration from older ones and. It's good to know the history behind what you're watching today, you know? Absolutely. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, so uh, so this is totally our first, like, we're almost doing this as a, as a dry run. We are, It's kind of impromptu. We don't have a, a real strong structure for this one. So I'm assuming if we keep doing this, we keep doing more episodes, it'll get more and more refined. It'll solidify, and we actually will have segments and stuff. Right now, we're just kind of like... Uh, Playing it by ear, seeing what feels good, and we're gonna sit in a room and talk about a movie. Yeah, well, we are, and then Matt's in another room. Oh yeah, I'm in yeah. a room. And, and, and he's in a room too, just in another country. Just like the room is, the movie, the room is just whatever room they're filming in is the room. <laughs> uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't seen the room, and that's a, oh shit, it's a big oh gap shit. That's gonna be like movie. episode number five. <laughs> <laughs> at least episode number five if we don't do it by then i'm gonna be mad we should do a yeah, double so, feature where when the new movie about the making of the room comes out we should go see the room yeah. and the movie about the making of the room it's funny because i i kind of want to not do just bad movies because i want this to be like essential movie watching but the room is so monumentally bad and <laughs> 
talked about and watched and uh, brought up that I really think it is like it is worth watching. And if you haven't watched it yet, that might be worthy for syndication. You know, absolutely, I think so. Okay, it has to be on the list at least. <laughs> okay. I don't know about Cool as Ice, which is what you've, <laughs> you've been bringing up. Devin. We're definitely doing Cool as Ice. That's episode six. <laughs> yeah, so maybe like, yeah, later on. <laughs> episodes down the road. We can have like a sub-segment for Patreon. <laughs> I'm thinking like episode maybe 100 would do Cool as Ice. I don't know. Mm. Mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, so this this episode was my pick. Wait, uh, so, what's, so what's, the, what's the general format? Is it just like one of us picks a movie and then we all sit down and talk about it? Is that the general idea? Uh, yeah. So I was thinking, like, so we just kind of arbitrarily, uh, yeah, we just arbitrarily went with me for this episode, um, and then I guess whoever's next will kind of set the set the the rotation in place. So I, I don't know who wants to do the next one, but uh, whoever does do it, then we can just go to the the last person and then back to me, and we just do that from forever now i mean tyler picking this movie was super weird because you picked it arbitrarily and then it just happened to be the 40th anniversary i think what what got it in my head was i read i was watching an article watching reading an article uh i don't watch books i don't read books i watch them i like to watch other people reading articles Mm, me too i'm a book watcher it's like a it's a new thing on youtube i'm really into it It's just a video series of people reading books. It's called Let's Read. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, it's, uh, LeVar Burton that... was pioneering it back in the 90s. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do a Let's Read of uh, War and Peace. <laughs> I'm on page two, and I am already riveted. <laughs> are, yeah, are you going for the war, or are you more like a peace guy? That's a tough call. Yeah. I'm, I'm I mean, peace wouldn't be personally. so great without the war. He's got dreamy eyes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I picked Close Encounters for this episode, not knowing, like, I read an article, and it was, uh, I think about, like, the design of the spaceship, and then that kind of, like, stuck it in my brain, and then two weeks later, when we're talking about what movies we should do, I was like, oh, I want to do Close Encounters, uh, and that article may have come out, or may not, I'm not sure, I didn't see anything that had to do with a, a new release of it, but right when we picked it, like, okay, let's, let's try to find a way to watch the movie and then we'll get together on friday and we'll record the episode it happened to be playing in theaters because of the 40 uh the 40th anniversary edition just came out uh so they just re-released it in 4k it was incredible and it was great that we could see it in theaters like it's definitely a movie worth seeing in theaters is it possible that we saw different cuts because i did a little bit of research and it seemed i i watched like the director's cut which seems so, like the most widely accepted one. From my understanding, they made a new quote-unquote director's cut oh, for interesting. the 40th anniversary. Because the first one was in 1980, right? Right. So like, did it, you, it came did out you in 77. Did you have any uh, shots of the inside of the spaceship? No, no, we did not. That was the big thing that they left out. Did you? No. Okay. So I think, I think uh, we watched something similar, if, if not exactly the same cut. It was close. I think the big thing was that they went back and they restored some deleted footage so yeah, yeah I, I read that uh in so the movie came out in 77 and then in 1980 they did the the special edition re-release excuse me and uh <laughs> I'm, I'm just probably gonna be burping throughout the episode i've been a drinking uh it's rick and morty Steven Spielberg, they, <laughs> they they put out a 1980s like special edition uh that included 
yeah ships from inside the spaceship and i remember spielberg uh, I, I read that like he he said like that was a mistake yeah which i didn't do that yeah yeah i read that same thing too <laughs> uh i feel the same way like i like it should remain a mystery i like the idea that it's yeah. just light pouring out from like this 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 walkway you know i agree i think i think they definitely would have been on thin ice you know putting shots inside the the spaceship i think if i had seen it maybe i would have felt differently i guess still leave it open but i i really enjoyed the cut that we saw at the very least yeah so uh yeah go ahead sorry oh no go go, go ahead i, I, was, I was just uh, i was just curious about like what's what's you, what's the bottom line reaction that you both had I mean, I think we both came out of that. I don't want to speak for Tyler, but we—I think at least I came out of it um, pretty, pretty astounded. I thought it was a really great film, much uh, more entertaining than I would have expected um, from a, you know, j- just from the standpoint of, of how old the film is. You know, usually they're paced differently and, and and things like that. And I thought I thought it came out really well, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I love. Um... Yeah, I was really impressed with it too. Uh, I liked how the everything was like subdued as far as like special effects. Like there, um, there wasn't a whole lot of actual like alien encounters. There wasn't a whole lot of seeing yeah. actual aliens. Uh, so when it did happen, it was much like a, a bigger spectacle, and they they kind of went all out with like the crazy lights and the overexposure look and the. Um, like the the really close up shots of models like superimposed over like a mountainside like it I think it all worked really well um, because the story was very um, it was a very personal one so it kind of like it it seems timeless like it, it kind of like you could watch it like twenty years from now and still get the same effect of like it's a guy who's like feels like he's kind of losing his mind but he's got this drive to to you know encounter something that's unknown you know and i think that's kind of a it's kind of a theme that 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 transcends time so i really enjoyed it there there were like a couple of story beats that i didn't particularly particularly like like what uh, I don't know about you guys, but like the whole like family thing, how his family's like, you're crazy, we're gone, and they're never seen or heard <laughs> from again the entire movie. Yeah. yeah and uh, Roy uh, seems kind of okay with it. I hated this movie. What? What? <laughs> I hated this movie. Really? I thought it was terrible. Oh, not terrible. Okay, right. Like it's it's very well made. I liked a lot of the shots that Spielberg did. I agree the special effects were really cool. I think the plot and the characters <laughs> and the theme of this movie. Wow. Are, like, I hated it. All right, you got to go into it? that. Like, okay. what, what, what exactly didn't you like? <laughs> what is this a movie about? It's about, um, it, it, first off, there's not really a plot. It's just, like, a dude who drives his family away, makes out with a negligent mother, and then gets in a spaceship. <laughs> Okay, so that that the the his family being driven away and him making out like in theaters, I had to stifle myself and go, yeah. like, "What the hell?" Me and Tyler both agreed that both of those scenes, like both of those major major plot points, felt a little out of place. No, it's insane. I don't know what the movie's about, right? So like he he started the whole thing out. There's like this motif about like communication, right? The mm-hmm. opening scene, they need a translator. Um, 
multiple times throughout the movie, I thought it was bad sound design, but then I realized it was just like a part of the theme. They'll have people talking over each other, or they'll have like two audio tracks of equal volume I so like that you that. can't really make out either. So like there's I this, like that too. There's there's like this like there's this this really well made like I I like the interesting little things that he's laying throughout. And then none of it means anything. It's all about a guy who hates his life and leaves his family behind. No, he doesn't hate his life. He doesn't hate his life. It's about a guy he who gets, gets on like, a in- spaceship and he abandons in- his wife and children. <laughs> he gets implanted with this 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 like desire to to. What is, to but, but what does it have to do with communication? He leaves his family, and none of it is connected (laughs) to what they've been setting up the entire movie. I like there might be a running well done the way that like Spielberg will frame things to split focus in the audio design, and like all these little like motifs of communication that he places all throughout the movie, and then none of it means anything because this dude's just like fuck family life. I'm getting on the spaceship. Well, the motif might be communication, but that's not what the movie is about. The movie is about childlike wonder of the unknown and what's bigger than you or your family or your community and, uh, you know, connecting with a whole other race Because sometimes they frame the aliens in this really negative way. Sometimes the soundtrack is like this really foreboding. Like, I honestly wasn't sure at certain parts in the movie whether it was supposed to be a horror movie or not. But that was the point, right? So I think that, you know, they... They really captured that unknown way better than almost any other like alien encounter movie that I've seen, because there were parts, especially during that last scene, that really like that crescendo where they're first making contact with like the mothership and the other ships and they're using the music to communicate and whatnot. Um, I really was not sure where they were going to go with that. I I couldn't tell if it was going to be like a, uh, uh, you know, a negative sort of encounter. And I, it was, I thought it was really refreshing that it was primarily positive. And I thought overall, it felt like a really positive thing. Right. I thought the way, the thing that they had been setting up, I thought that they were going to somehow impart some like intrinsic knowledge to humanity that would cause us to better communicate and understand one another. And I thought that he was going to find something that was going to, help him better communicate with his family that he was going to be able to take back to them. Like there's an entire subplot where his oldest son fucking hates him, right? (laughs) There are multiple shots of this kid just hating his dad and calling him a crybaby. And like, no, no, there's, there's a very, he doesn't hate him. He doesn't hate his dad. He's just upset with him. choice to focus on how much this kid is disappointed in his dad. It's and they very... never wrap it up. It never has any purpose. It's just this no. giant dangling thread that it's means very nothing. Clearly, it's very clearly just a, you know, th- this kid acting out because he's scared. Because he's seeing his dad, like, what looks like he's losing his mind. Right. And he, he lost is his losing job. his mind. These aliens are not nice people. They did not give humanity anything. They stole people from their lives for, like, 40 years and then return them to the devastation that is being in a world that's 40 years later. All of your loved ones have died or aged. I, and then they I steal like another that. human, and everybody's just like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Father of three right there. Go get on the spaceship. Disappear it's, for 40 years. It's a marvelous thing. You know, we're making contact. Like, sacrifices have to be made on some level, I think. But 
But that wasn't. They never. They never framed that. That was never. They never put the the like the groundwork for that. Uh, this guy's marriage wouldn't have. He wouldn't have been able to walk away from that so quickly if there weren't like problems. You know what I mean? I feel like they touched a little bit on the fact that they had some marital and pramp and uh, parenting issues. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it, it's so. Steven Spielberg has said since that movie came out, like uh, 20, 30 years after the movie came out. And his problem with the movie is my problem with the movie, and it's just a family aspect of it. Like, it's he says like now that he has a family, like he made the movie when he was thirty, and didn't really have like. Was he married at that time? I'm not sure exactly what his family, but like the quote was him saying like, "Oh, I have a family now, and I would never do that. I would never just leave them and jump on a spaceship and say, see you later, suckers. I'm fucking, I'm out of here. I'm going off to space." Like. He's saying that, like, he wrote that with, like, a more childlike view of the world and, you know, like, family life. And so, like, he now regrets that that's part of the movie of him going, like, well, my family's gone. Thank God that I can just now. <laughs> let me let me make out with this random single mom. And that felt really out of place. I will give you that. That felt really out of place. <laughs> but yeah. they like they tried to shoehorn it in even earlier. There's that scene um, when he shows back up at like that, uh, like up in the hills where they're all like waiting to see the aliens again, and it's the first time he sees her since he almost ran over her child. And she she's like showing him her sunburn, and she literally first off she's not wearing a bra. I watched this in 720. I could still see the nipples through the shirt. <laughs> And she's got like this, like, like tied shirt, like it, it's not buttoned. She tied it at her her midriff, and then she like opens it up at the chest to show him her like sunburned boobs. And you're like, what is happening here? He, this is before his wife leaves him. This is before he goes crazy, and he's just like ogling this woman's boobs that he's never met before, <laughs> except when he almost ran over her child. Because she negligently let the child run out of the house because she had the TV running. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Or one person. Probably one person is listening to this at a time, generally. Uh, if you notice a tonal shift in the way that we're talking, <laughs> that's because we had a catastrophic failure. And the <laughs> recording program uh, just decided to shut down. But I was able to recover it. But that took a lot of time. I don't think he means we. I think he means Tyler specifically. Right. Yeah. Devin, I had a Devin lot of how problems. was your audio? My audio was great, Matt. Thanks for asking. I really appreciate that. Of course. Uh, yeah. My, uh, this is the part where you reciprocate and ask me about my audio. No, see, my audio was fine. It was my program recording the audio fucked up, but I was able to recover it. So everybody calm down. Everything's okay. On a side note, Matt, how was your audio? Oh, thank you for asking. <laughs> that is so nice of you. My audio was excellent, and I still have it. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Well, yeah. you know, yeah, I just yeah, figured yeah. that, like, the host's audio is probably the most important audio. <laughs> <you know. laughs> I'm the host and everything, so. Uh, okay, so we were talking about Ryan's... Uh, Ryan, god damn it. <laughs> I've reverted back to my old podcast. <laughs> we were talking about Matt's crazy uh, idea that this movie's bad. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Right. He didn't so, like the whole okay. family thing. Which Correct I didn't me if I'm wrong, I didn't like either. But where we left off, I think you were going to do, I was sort of bagging on uh the main character. Was his name Roy? Roy. Yeah, Roy. Um and it, and I it sounded like you were about to defend him. Is that am I wrong in that? 
No, so so my problem with with the movie is your problem, but it doesn't ruin it for me. My problem is that he leaves his family. Well, no, his family leaves him because he's going crazy. And he does have that one scene where he talks to them on the phone, like, please don't do this over the phone. Please come back. And then they hang up on him, or she hangs up on him, and that's it. They're gone. Right, and, and then, then he immediately drives to Wyoming and makes out with someone he barely knows. Okay, so you're 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 reducing it down, which you know <laughs> is fun, but but you're reducing it down to like I think the kiss wasn't anything romantic. I, I did when I was watching it in theaters. Go like, what the fuck? Like I, I had to stop myself from saying that because I felt like that was weird and forced, like they were doing right. a romantic thing. But that's all it was. It was just a kiss, and I think it was this like really monumental goodbye. I'm probably not coming back kind of kiss thing. Like, we're in this together. Only the two of us in the world know what we're talking about. Right. And that was my point, too, because I remember when we got out of the theater, you were pretty upset about that. (laughs) I (laughs) was. About that kiss moment. Um, And at least the way I interpreted it, at least to to give the film the benefit of the doubt, which maybe I shouldn't, but in the moment I did. Um, it was just a, you know, I think at that point he had acknowledged that he was, you know, in some way leaving his old life behind, whether, I don't think he necessarily knew that he was getting on the ship and leaving his family forever, but I think he knew his life wasn't going to be the same afterwards. Yeah. And so what I was saying before, like a little earlier is probably going to be in the podcast earlier. So it might be reiterating Steven Spielberg, like has a problem himself with that he wrote it when he was a lot younger and now looking back on it he's like that's not something i would do that's not something people do really that have a family he has a he has a a family now and he's like okay that that's problematic but the whole movie really like it's one sore spot in the movie that's really about contact with another life and the drive to know more to be more to do something that's like outside of yourself in, in part of like the bigger I don't know story of of the universe and not just like you here on earth with your family you know right like I would be totally fine with that if the entire movie had had followed the French guy you know the French guy the French guy if the French guy had been the protagonist for the entire film and it had been a story about um, it, essentially if they had made arrival, you know, like 30 years before Arrival came out. Um, fine. Like, I, if it followed the French guy and it was about his push for understanding and peaceable interchange in the face of, like, the military getting sort of twitchy, I think that's a great film. I understand what that film's but, about. I think all of the motifs about communication make sense in that context. But if it's a movie about a guy who like terrorizes his family <laughs> like you know what uh, i mean like it, it was two movies that were stitched together in a way that did not make sense to me but that's so so cliche like one of the things that i loved about this movie was the fact that like every single alien encounter movie is this like oh no the government's getting involved and it's like this big conspiracy you know or, or whatnot they're trying to hide things or maybe i've just seen too much x-files but but still, I just I felt like the the lightheartedness of the actual encounter was really, uh, it, you know, it was a strong point 
for, for the film. I really enjoyed the fact that I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I was genuinely, and maybe I was just genuinely, you know, um, unaware of where it was going to lead because of the age of the film and because I'm so used to films going in this really dramatic, like, you know, the government's getting involved sort of thing. And they still definitely had that motif, but it wasn't to the same effect as something like Arrival or any other Alien Counter movie or even Alien, you know, when uh, uh, Mother is getting involved and in, in forcing the crew members to... I, I, I agree. I think the final scene was really strong. Um, up until the point that Roy got involved again. <laughs> so you didn't like, like Roy's story. You liked, yeah, if, like... you, if you excised Roy and his entire story and experience from this movie, I think it would be a stronger movie for it. Really? Yeah. See, I think I liked it because of... I was saying it to Devin when we watched at the theaters. Like, I liked how messy the movie was. I liked yeah. when people were talking over each other. I liked, when, I liked the scene where... They were showing that um, what we find out is fake, faked by the government. That that train crash with the toxic, uh, toxic gas that was out in uh, around uh, Devil's Tower. When he's watching that, that the news story is happening in the background, and he's talking to his wife on the phone at the same time, and they're both like both audio tracks are going at the same time, so you have a hard time like. And it's at the same volume. At the same volume, but I like that though because. It felt it felt more real to me. It felt like I was actually sitting in a room watching this happen instead of like this rehearsed, staged kind of like we're gonna hear some some like we're gonna get a close up of the TV and it's gonna show what's happening in Devil's Rock and then we're gonna cut to Roy talking on the phone and then the 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 sound from the TVs in the background. That's not what happens when you're sitting in the room watching these, watching the scene unfold. You're gonna hear both people talking at the same time over each other i kind of like that idea right a light yeah, the yeah. scientists are like all talking that, over each other and, and and everyone's running around in different in different uh, right. directions you know I and like it, that. and it forces you to pay attention like at least for me like i i i was on the page of what they were doing in that scene like i was expecting it but it still forces you to listen to both tracks and and, and try and see how it's going to happen and just to verify for yourself that it is actually happening in right. that way. I totally agree that all of the communication motifs are incredibly well done. I agree that it is an incredibly well-directed movie. I think it's an incredibly poorly written movie because right. I don't think any of those motifs have <laughs> anything to do with Roy. So so, so no. here, here's the point, right? So I think that the family, it was a snippet, right? It wasn't... The main... It was 80% of the movie. I know, I know. But it was it was supposed to be, like, in the grand scheme of things, it was a snippet in the chaos that this type of encounter has on the, you know, the everyday person or, or just one family in this matter. Yeah, so, like, I mean, I, I have in my notes, and I guess this is, I'm sort of changing the subject on you, but kind of not. I, I, I have in my notes... Uh, why the unlikable protagonist because i found roy incredibly unsympathetic um like from the moment you're introduced to him he's like he's telling his kid he's gonna kill him he's not gonna get to the age of nine because he doesn't want to go see a movie i understand but then and then he's yelling at his wife and he says when are you gonna die like they go out of their way to make roy 
unsympathetic i think like he's no, unlikable no, instantaneously I, so. I think it was, i think it was just you know it, 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 i thought it was way way more lighthearted than i feel like you're interpreting it yeah the, i think the fact that he said those things made me like him more i loved roy as a character actually i did too i thought it was oh, i thought it was really cool i fucking hated yeah. him i thought he was a terrible human being he's a I bad father amazing. he's a bad husband He's a bad human being. Like no, I think he was. What a great is there likable about him? I think is he was a great father because he was a big kid that like he did his job and he uh, was fun with the kids and those jokes. The kids understood. They weren't afraid. They weren't like, oh geez, he's actually gonna hit us. Like he was saying it in a way that's like, like ah, why I oughta kind of things. Like yeah, that, that made I thought he like was totally more. checked out. Like the impression no. I got of him is like he's not a good parent. He like do, he he puts all his shit on his on the the t- the kitchen table because his fucking train hobby the train hobby that only exists in the movie to give him sculpting skills so that he can make <laughs> Devil's Tower like there's just so many ham fisted things that didn't it seem... was I mean there were definitely some some very clear like you know that was the nuclear family in in the 70s or whatever but I thought I really enjoyed him I thought he was yeah. a, is an, was an interesting character and I thought he was lighthearted and I thought he was funny and I didn't take most of that most of that seriously so that was the messiness that I liked I liked that his house was messy I liked that his family was loud and I liked that he was messy the fact that he like uh, would you know joke around with the kids and like they didn't clean up their house very well there was shit everywhere and uh, like his, his truck was had like, tons of shit in it and um, right yeah and, and, I mean and I the think, fact that I think, he like, made the these... set design was great it, it was well, a very he... lived in universe I'll give you that yeah but I'm saying that I liked that he wasn't a perfect person I liked that he was fallible I liked that like. The fact that he chose to just go off on this crazy adventure, not knowing not knowing if he is coming back, it you know the fact that we're talking about it, where two of us loved it and one of us hated it, I kind of like that. I like the fact that it's that messy. It's not this like very cliched like I don't know like he maybe he would like in in a in a movie made today he would be single if he was going to be doing this thing, so they don't have to worry about the fact that he's like abandoning his family. Like, I kind of like the idea that he's making the sacrifice, whether we like it or not. He's doing right. It. So, yeah. I, I mean, I think those are different conversations, right? Like, one is a movie making choice to have a complicated, messy story, and one is, you know, like how do you react to this character? So, like, I can respect that the movie is complicated. Like, if you want to take that line of defense, I can respect that. But I don't like Roy. I think he's a bad family man i think he's a bad person how could he be why even before he like had the had the encounter what do you i don't understand like like why there's this moment where his wife is like hugging him when he takes her out to 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 try to show her the the ships after he first encounters them and there's no ships and she says something like i think i'm taking this pretty well and he says yeah and she says, you know, there used to be a time when we used to come places like this just to look at each other. And, like, she starts making out with him, and he, he kisses her back. And then there's this moment, at least in the cut that I saw, where he opens his eyes and he looks up at the sky. That was like, a humorous moment, right? I thought it was funny. I thought it was a humorous moment. I thought it was a moment of him, like, ignoring his wife. I thought, To me, like, the entire Roy story was an allegory about a man's desire to, like, get away, to escape into the unknown which is like i think a really interesting story to tell 
especially, you know, as a married man, like I understand the stories about feeling confined by your life and like wanting something new and adventurous. And I think there's like a lot of room for that in film, but that's not the movie that they started out telling. It's two movies that don't fit well together. And then at the end, the French guy, who's one of our protagonists, and Roy, who's the other one of our protagonists, they meet. And, like, it doesn't work. Like, the writing forces them together, but I never felt like it made sense that they came together in the way that they did. Because they're very different people. Everything we've seen about them and what they're interested in is different. So I felt like Roy didn't have a choice. It's the human sacrifice to make this contact with this extraterrestrial being. I mean, like, are aliens good or bad? What they're doing, like, we don't know what they're doing. Like, as moviegoers, we don't understand what they're doing. Like, are they picking right. these people up for experiments? Are they picking these people up to enlighten them? Are they picking but them up? at the very uh, end, that's not how it's filmed. At the weird. very end, there's a soaring, happy score as he walks into this, like, godlike embrace of light holding the hand of these little aliens and everybody's happy and smiling and like it's not treated ambiguously it's treated like i feel like the movie makes a choice at the end and it says like it's this is so fantastic what roy's doing because it is it's the bigger picture it supersedes like the family life or, or, or or all the small you know human issues that we have he is he is making contact he is he is going aboard this sh- this mothership, you know? Which, I but mean... that's not necessarily that a good thing. They just spent a movie trying to, you know, like, tonally, you weren't sure if it was horror or if it was wonder. You weren't sure if he was going mad or if he was getting right. messages. Like, they were trying to live in this gray space, and then at the end, they're just like, nope, aliens are fucking awesome, and we're going to steal a dad from his children. So, <clears throat> so in the movie, the mystery is, are they good or bad? At the end, the mystery solved. They're good. Right. But like, we don't know me, that. Literally nothing has told us that. They just returned people that they kidnapped for 40 years. <laughs> it's, it's good in the fact that it's, it's amazing. We don't know if right. they're like what they're going to do once they go up into space. We don't the, know what the, the miraculous back is have not anything the same to say. Thing we don't know the what good, they have though. to say when they came back but off of the ship. It's just a, all it, we know is like this is an amazing thing that we are making contact with another another civilization um, that is much more advanced than us. Right. It's marvelous in the fact that that the movie was filmed to show us that. It's amazing anyway. Like if if that happened today whether we know what their intentions are, as long as they're not coming in, like, firing at us, if they're, like, doing this musical, like, concerto with us and stuff, that's so incredible that, like, I don't think that the news would be, like, aliens are here, run for your lives. It's, like, aliens are here. Isn't this the most amazing thing we've ever done ever as a species? Right, and that's so apart, that's so so set aside for most alien contact films today, which I really enjoyed. That was my issue with it. I thought it was thematically and tonally jarring why can't it be about the just the chaos of those questions yeah like why couldn't the story just be because it makes a decision at the end then the way that you interpret it is up to you you know because it's it's not up to me the movie made a decision the movie portrayed it in a positive light at the end yeah 
Well, but I don't. I don't like that's not. That so you can have it be about the confusion. It was positive. You you can have it be about the confusion. You can have it be about um, like the messiness of first contact, or you can come down on one side of the debate and make you know sort of like an editorial choice at the end. But you can't do both. You can't make it messy and confusing, and then at the end say like, "Hey, all that stuff that we were setting up doesn't matter. In fact, it's a wonderful thing." That a man abandons his family. They abandoned him. Right, because he became obsessed. There was a point in this movie where I honestly thought it was about the dangers of obsession. Like I thought, <laughs> I thought it was like a a, a a a cautionary tale about getting too wrapped up in things. That and getting I, I too will, obsessed with things. I will give you that because I did I did have that moment where I, where I felt that same way. But like, what is it? What of of all of these options? Like, I don't why mind. Does it, why does it have to complex? say something specifically? Like, why does it have to be one message for you? Yeah, it's just a story. It's a snippet. Isn't art interpretive? Like, because the movie makes the choice at the end. If he had gotten on the ship and nobody was sure whether he was going to be okay, and nobody was sure whether or not it was a good thing, and the score was like, you know, right up the middle, nobody like it. It wasn't trying to tell you how to feel about him leaving. I would have been okay about it. But the movie tried to tell me how to feel about him leaving. And I think it ruined all of the messiness that came before. I mean, to be fair, I hated the movie long before the end. So, like, I'm a little <laughs> full of shit right now. At what point did you figure it out? Um, at what point did I figure out I didn't like it? Right. I think when he started going crazy... I was like, is this a movie about the price of discovery? Man, or is see, this a movie about communicating? That's your problem right there. Like, you're, you're watching it, and halfway through, you're like, what's this movie about? Instead of, like, just enjoying what you're seeing in front of you. Or I mean, not. I think that's I mean, part like, of it, right? Like, you have to interrogate the movie as you're watching it. Like, it's, it's a conversation. I don't until afterwards. Like, I think it was a movie literally about alien encounters. It was trying to show, like, oh, look how important this thing is. His family doesn't understand it. Look how, like, look how deep it is. Not, like, look how much distress he's putting on his family. Like, his family leaving is kind of funny and kind of, like, showing, like, people don't get you, man. You're an outsider. You know the truth. You know, it wasn't supposed to show, like, look how, like, just destructive this thing is. Look how destructive that Roy is being. Uh, Look I, like I don't know. I don't agree. Like, there's the scene of him, like, crying in the shower, and then his wife is weeping a couple times. There's a close-up of a tear running down his son's but then, face. But then he gets up from the shower and says, like, look, I know this is okay, though. I'm okay. Like, th- But this it's not okay. Thing. He's unemployed. He's ripping up all of their stuff. He's scaring the kids. Yeah, like so it's again, objectively like, not okay. Like the movie wants you to be on his side. I was never on his side. Give right, up that on was your an oversight, fucking visions. Like that was an it's insane. You have to the, go be employed and feed your kids. Right again, like that's an oversight of the movie. Like and Steven Spielberg acknowledges it. Like yeah, I didn't really think about the family. I thought about Roy. Like, but that's the part I don't understand because it like it's specific. He specifically chooses shots. Like so, in particular, I'm thinking there's a close up. I remember it so well because the tear looked so fake. There's a close up of his oldest son, which again I will say that entire thread is unresolved. Is this the mashed potato scene? 
Yeah, and there's a tear running down his face, and it's a fake-looking tear, but it's a close-up on this kid's face, and it lingers. Why are you as a director showing that to me if you don't want me to understand the cost that this character is paying? Like, it, it was those choices that I thought made Roy unlikable. Because it's, it's showing the importance of what Roy is feeling and doing. Because it's showing that, like, yeah, he's hurting his family, but, like... He even says it, right? Because they don't understand. He even says it, like... This is important. That's, like, a major line something. in that That's moment. what a crazy person says. <laughs> but right. it, that's... it was. It was real. It was important. No, but it's only crazy it to the, the people who don't understand come... that it isn't real. The aliens would have come. The aliens would have chosen somebody else from that no, no, lineup no. of soldiers they to go on their ship have. with them. I think that was the point. Okay, so so to, to go back to that last scene, right? I think I don't think that they would have chosen any of those soldiers because they had specific people that they had previously made contact with that they had implanted this, you know, memory or whatever it was into. That those were the people that they chose to to come with them. Right, and I, I don't think, think any species that chooses Roy is not a very intelligent species. <laughs> I love Roy, damn it! <laughs> I can't believe you didn't like Roy. I thought he was a, a, a really dynamic character. Yeah, I, I saw a lot of myself of the, in him. <laughs> I thought he was one of the most unlikable characters in any movie I've ever seen. Matt just doesn't like you. That's the problem. Yeah, do you hate me, Matt? Because I'm just like Roy. <laughs> you're you're not just like Roy though, because you don't have Roy's responsibilities. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm responsibility free, but that's why that's why they chose him, right? Because all of the other people that were, uh, in that lineup that were chosen by the the government or whoever that special team was, you know, they weren't they weren't worthy of it. I don't think he was worthy of it. He was because you know because what he, he what was, cho- was good about Roy? Give me because his, he like, was chosen. Why was he chosen, though? What's I good about Roy? His childlike wonder. I picked a lot from the film as as there just isn't a reason. You know what I mean? I thought a lot of like the overlapping dialogue and and the uh, uh, the beginning of the movie was just you know kind of emphasizing the fact that you don't know and there is just sort of chaos in this moment. Yeah, I don't think the aliens picked him for any particular reason. I think his truck just happened to be there when the ship happened to be there, and they're like, okay, let's just like. Let's let's you know let's uh, scan this this truck and see what's going on here and then they like oh there's a guy in there okay let's uh, I don't know let's see if we can pick him up too let's implant the seed that we have to like a hundred other people and just Roy just happened to be so driven to figure out what's going on and in, in with that implant and with this encounter that he like he's the one that makes it all the way past all the fucking government blockades to the the actual like contact spot right he's the story of the one person who actually made it i don't think anything was fated i don't think the aliens picked him on purpose i don't think uh him leaving his family was a good decision but i don't think it's one that was actually written into the story to show uh any any like importance of the, the like what what you're doing to your family what he was doing to his family like i think it was just like a byproduct of his like incessantness on like finding out the answers you know what i mean like i like it i like that it's messy I, you know like i think it was all like the spontaneous like this what this is what happened to this one guy and here's the fallout from it and yeah the ending is hopeful i think that's because like 
when you sometimes when you throw caution to the wind sometimes when you open that door like the like uh like uh barry does little little kid when he opens up the door and like hey mom look it's fine like the, the mother's freaking out but he's like no 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 no, this is fine like the aliens are good uh no no, no i'm what <laughs> the aliens abduct a toddler yeah and he wanted it and then he like cries when they leave he's like goodbye and starts crying like these are my good friends like I had a really good time. We'll see you later. Yeah, like, he's he has the child's innocence to to acknowledge the fact that they are friendly. But yeah, I mean, I I think like at the end of the day, like it's kind of I think we're at an impasse, right? Yeah, and I think yeah. I think that's a good point. I think this is a good point to wrap up how we feel about the movie because I think it's it's pretty clear. So in short, I thought it was good. Tyler thought it was good. Matt thought it was bad. <laughs> should should we have like a ranking system? Do you want to like rate it out of five or ten or something let's let's rank it out of ten out of ten yeah i'd say that gives us a little bit more wiggle room okay um i would say out of ten and five is average is that what we're saying yeah five is okay so yeah let's say like one is like please don't watch this movie it'll hurt your eyeballs and your brain five is like it was okay you know take it or leave it and 10 was like, this is a masterpiece. You you have to see this. Like, it, if you like movies, watch this. Right. Um, for me, I would give this a, a 7, where I really, really enjoyed it. I thought there were some problems, uh, especially, like, like, I'll say it again, like, with the family. I think that was uh, written by a younger guy and written in a time where, like, you know, like, maybe it was a little misogynistic. Maybe it was a little... Um, it was more focused on the one one guy, the one main character, and it kind of like wrote off the family and like them leaving. They didn't show what they were feeling; they were showing what Roy was feeling at the time. And in his manic uh, state, he wasn't really thinking about them all that much. And I think, to me, like it's kind of problematic today, but it doesn't take away from the movie so much that I like actively didn't like it or actively hated it or it was like Roy's a piece of shit. It was just like he's not a perfect person, but I kind of like watching that too. I kind of, you know, I, I think it was interesting to see this happening, even though it's not great, you know. Um, but overall, like I, I loved how um, how hopeful it was as a alien encounter when you're used to seeing like aliens showing up and just blowing everybody away. Or there's something more insidious at play. I like that it ended up just being more about like discovery uh, and opening the door uh, to possibilities. Um, and I like how much from actual alien encounter stories that they took from, like the way that the aliens look like, uh, you know, the, the way they're designed, the way that they communicate with math and through music. I thought that that was really, um, they draw, drew, drew some really good parallels to what would actually happen in real life uh yeah i give it a seven uh yeah i'd give it a 6.5 just to be original (laughs) (laughs) um for pretty much all the same reasons that tyler had um i i'd i'd say i i really enjoyed it overall i thought i thought it was a good film um it definitely had had its flaws but uh overall i yeah i really enjoyed it i thought it was very refreshing um, in contrast to what I've been previously exposed to. So. Uh, I thought everything in the production was excellent. 
I thought the script was trash. Um, I would say four. I'll give it a four. Um, four out of ten. Wow. Four out of ten. Jeez. Just go see Arrival. It is this film, <laughs> but done right. See, I thought Arrival had way too much cliche sort of like government interference. What? It was a movie about linguistics. I know, but like the whole... The only thing that drove the... Uh, I mean, not the only thing, but one of the primary, you know, antagonistic moments of the, of Arrival was the fact that, you know, there was this government interference and uh, suppression of the characters that were trying to do the right thing. What? The government was on the right side. There was like a ragtag band of rebels that blew up the aliens. Yeah, but they were part of the military. No, they the military, they were not doing the thing that, like, they, they, hit, they were separatists. They were specifically disobeying orders and shooting at their fellow military men. Right, but they were part of the military. Yeah, right. This isn't a, this isn't a podcast about Arrival. We should do a podcast okay. on Arrival. <laughs> just just watch Arrival. It's better. Have, has Tyler seen Arrival? I have not, no. Okay, Tyler should watch Arrival. Episode 2, Arrival, it's happening. <laughs> okay, Wait, no, so we already know what episode 2 is, right? What's episode 2? Cool as Ice? No. <laughs> not Cool as Ice. Uh... I think it's my turn next time, right? So yeah. episode two is going to be Seven Samurai, because I've never okay. seen it, and I hear it's good. All right, we'll do that. And we're, we're three white dudes, so we should make an effort to see some international films. Yeah. Well, I do love uh, Japanese culture and samurai flicks in general, so yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Kurosawa. Here, so here's here's some quick fun facts about this movie, by the way. <laughs> uh, the hand signs used in the movie were Kerwin hand signs, uh, like the Do Re Mi Fa So La Ti Do was all like Kerwin came up with uh, different hand signals to actually like show what the like, you know what those notes actually like look like based on um, I guess the feeling you know like the I. I it's an audio podcast, oh, so I couldn't show you, but yeah. M. God. <laughs> uh, the part of Roy McNeary, which was Richard Dreyfus, was originally for uh, Steve McQueen, but uh, he couldn't cry on cue, and so decided like this isn't for me. He's like, he's like, I love the script, uh, I love the, I love what the movie is, but I can't cry, so I won't do it. <laughs> uh, and then Dustin Hoffman, Al Pacino, Gene Hackman, and Jack Nicholson all turned it down. And apparently Richard Dreyfuss, uh, because he worked on Jaws with uh, Steven Spielberg, was still kind of like in contact with them and still friends with them. And he like pitched some ideas for the movie in general and then like basically like ran this campaign to have him cast as Roy McNeary in Close Encounters where he would like start talking to him about something else. And be like, hey, do you know that, uh, you know, like Al Pacino, he's, he's, he's got no humor. He's not a funny guy. He can't, he can't do the comedy parts or... Uh, Jack Nicholson? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He he could be good, but uh, you know he's it's kind of crazy, right? Like he's he couldn't be like a Family Man, yeah. You know? <laughs> so like, he just like kept planting these seeds to get himself picked for Roy McNeary and finally got it. That definitely would have been weird. Um, I thought he did a really good job for the character. At least I felt it, you know he was uh, put in place. So at the the last scene, the big crescendo of the movie, where there's like you know all the scientists and all the people coming off the ship and everything, like. 
in that crowd of people, there's a few, uh, a few like surprising people that showed up, like astrophysicist J. Allen Hynek, um, who uh, worked on the Project Blue Book, which is this whole like covert, yeah. you know, alien thing. Okay, so you know about. It. Uh, he was actually there in the crowd, and he uh, he was a consultant on the movie, and uh, Jerry Garcia <laughs> was in there for some reason. I don't know why. I wish I knew the story. I don't. He was just there. <laughs> Carl Weathers was there in that scene, just in the background. I <laughs> don't know why. Um, the, I mean, I have I have a bunch of other ones just from looking up like behind the scenes, like the aliens. Um, at one point, inst- uh, the actual aliens that we saw in the in the in the the final cut of the movie were little girls yeah all aged eight to twelve i think yeah because they they move more like spielberg felt they moved more gracefully yeah yeah (laughs) so they're all little girls uh originally they were supposed to be like incredibly fast like he he filmed them moving quickly with everybody moving slowly and they sped it up and but it looked too weird um it looked really like lynchian to me (laughs) after watching a lot of twin peaks of like seen the test footage of like everybody moving crazy fast except for the people looking weird it looked very lynchian to me which i think would be a little interesting but probably wouldn't fit the tone of the movie yeah just as a side note i thought that at least in the 4k remaster the the scene with that first the first alien you see um where the really long one the supposed oh, that was a marionette what that was a marionette i thought that that looked incredible they were going to do that for all of them. They had like 80 of those marionettes. Did and they really? Yeah. And they realized like, this is too much. <laughs> we can't do this. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's too hard. It's uh, too much money and it wouldn't look good. So they, they scrapped that. At one point it was supposed to be uh, monkeys in suits. Oh my God. <laughs> so they had one monkey dressed up in spandex like gray and they tried to like push him down the little ramp. <laughs> the first thing he did was like they pushed him and he would turn around and grab his handler who was pushing him down the ramp and like and like pull himself back up and then like two people would push him and he'd like Argh! and like grab like two people's hands like four hands and like pull himself back up and then they finally got him to go down the ramp the first thing he did was like rip off his his mask he was like fuck this ah, i'm out of here so they realized like this is never never gonna work well i thought the puppets were cool at least at least that first one yeah that looked really good. i thought that went really well uh, I have a couple of uh, uh, quick facts, uh, primarily uh, as uh, I, I know you and me, Tyler, were talking about it uh, previously, but I did look up that the scene where Roy gets, you know, his first encounter on, on the road and he's inside the truck, uh, they actually did put the truck on a, um, on a, on a, a, um, like a lift, a lift and rotated at 360 degrees. I knew it. <laughs> I know you knew it. You totally called that. Yeah. Um, which I thought came out with a really cool effect. Oh, that scene, by the way, that same scene when they show the headlights. I don't know if you remember, but they show the headlights. Uh, rising up. And rising up. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember I pitched that idea to you, not having ever seen the movie, as that um, greater than real? Uh, you did. I do like remember that, thing. actually. Like, yeah, someone's sitting in a highway like or sitting in a road in the yeah, middle yeah, of the night, yeah. and then you see headlights, and they're right behind them, and then they like the guy looks in the rearview mirror, and they just and like rise up. I saw that movie and it's like, damn it! That was like 40 years too late. <laughs> 40 years too late. <laughs> I'm really glad I saw this movie now that if I actually tried to do that today, someone would be like, uh-uh, excuse me, you were totally ripping off Close Encounters. <laughs> <laughs> a incredibly well-known film. 
All right. Uh, last tidbit: uh, the mothership, right? Uh, the uh, the actual underside of that. The because I I said it in the theater was that that looked just like a cityscape. Yeah. All, like it, it totally looked like it. And uh, looking up like the behind the scenes and special effects, um, they they actually did use like a cityscape for San Fernando. Yeah, San Fernando. Yeah. Um, like the way that the just the town is lit up. At yeah. Night. Yeah. And it totally to, it looked totally cool. Um, I mean, I thought they you know you could have even expanded on that. Like that was totally a template for, uh, you know, a actual. Um, like Star City or, or, you know, a space station that, that was the size of hold, being able to hold cities on that scale. I like the, how, like, the top of it looked like a city skyline with skyscrapers. Yeah, And then for the sure. bottom looked like if you were on top looking down on the city, you know? You know, they have the model of that in a museum. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I forget what museum is it is, it's in, but uh, let's see if I can look it up, actually. Um, but yeah, if you have it, you can go see it. It's really cool. So, I mean, do you guys think, I mean, maybe this is, maybe we're too late in the show for this, but do you think that the different viewing experiences, because I downloaded it and watched it on my computer, and you guys watched it um, in a theater, in 4K. It's possible. Do you think that that made any difference to how we all reacted to it? I think it might have, um, actually. I mean, it might be worth even checking out, seeing if it's playing near you because it was a it was really a cool experience seeing it you know in a theater for sure yeah i I think it's very like it's a big spectacle of a movie it's in uh the by the way the mothership is at the smithsonian space museum if anyone is curious oh god that ship looks so cool it does this model that we're looking at pictures of right now they had a uh they had a bunch of little um you're just a gravestone they had they had a shark um, built into the model. Um, they had a little R2-D2 R2-D2? built into the model, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it, 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 they had a lot of little... Uh, it's weird. Little hidden gems that you can... By the way, did you guys hear Jaws? Uh, oh, yeah. But we have to talk about that. Like, in, in the moment when they were doing the music scene, right, when they were making that first contact, you totally heard Jaws when the ship, like, got angry, quote-unquote, right, Matt? No, I didn't hear you it. You didn't hear that? I didn't hear it. All right, it might have been a different cut. They totally did. They did the Jaws theme with one extra note, so it wasn't Jaws. I swear to God. Yeah, it was like quasi Jaws. It was great. Actually, I heard people in the audience in the theater like react to that too, like uh, like that, knowing like I know what you're doing. Yeah, you did Jaws before this movie? Okay. That couple <laughs> behind us was talking a lot too. Did you notice that? Yeah, they were talking. That was really annoying. Okay, so okay, so next episode we're doing Seven Samurai. All right, Tyler, do the outro music. That's the end of the show. Syndication. It's the end of the show. Syndication. Learning about movies. All right, that was good. That's our that's our outro from now on. Every episode, we're just going to use that. Yeah.